0: Hello everybody and welcome in to episode number 44 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Acts chapter 16 today and our focus is on the spread of the gospel all around the world. Thanks for listening. Thank you for checking out our website, Bible2021.com, and thank you for contacting us through the page, sharing the show with a friend, and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes if you are so inclined. Acts 16 is a great chapter. Tonight, we read it during our family Bible time here at the Bible 2021 bunker, and our nine-year-old daughter, Phoebe, told me at bedtime that this was one of her favorite Bible chapters ever. You know what? I think she's right. Lots of wonderful things in, that ch- in this chapter, including that beautiful picture of Paul and Silas praying and singing to God while in jail, having just been nearly beaten to death. I gotta tell you, I'm very inspired by that uh, to move beyond complaining about small little things comparatively. Acts 16 is like a microcosm of how the good news of Jesus spread throughout Asia Minor in the first century. It wasn't easy. Many sacrifices were made. It wasn't often glamorous and huge crowds and things like that. So let's look at a few of the pictures of Acts 16 to get a good idea of how the good news of Jesus went forth and what kind of cost was paid. First episode. Timothy is going to be selected here as one of Paul's traveling companions, but oh no, he comes from a Greek family and he's not circumcised. So he has to be circumcised. Now, without going into too much detail, I got to tell you, this is a huge deal for an adult male to have to go through, given that they didn't have scalpels or antibiotics or anesthesia back then. So. Paul, why in the world does Timothy have to get circumcised? Why put the guy through this kind of torture? Well, we know from Paul's own writings that circumcision is not necessary for salvation and that spiritually for a Gentile, it means nothing. And I'm not just making that up. 1 Corinthians 7.19, circumcision, circumcision does not matter and uncircumcision does not matter Keeping God's commands is what matters, says Paul. So, Paul, why does poor Timothy have to go through this, man? It's going to hurt. And the simple answer is because it would help the gospel spread further because of the prejudice of the Jewish people against the uncircumcised. And Paul, and especially Timothy, are here willing to make a sacrifice so as to be all things to all people, to put no stumbling block in front of the Jewish people. Now, Romans 14, 13 might be a somewhat application of what is happening here. Paul writes, instead, decide never to put a stumbling block or pitfall in the way of your brother or sister. So, must Timothy have gotten circumcised? Was he required by the Bible to? Of course not, not at all. Would doing so cause there to be less hindrance to the spread of the good news? Apparently so, and he was willing to make a big sacrifice to do so. Thus, the word of God spread. Second episode, Paul and Silas try to spread the word of God to Asia, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't let them go in. Then to the city of Bithynia, same result. They're not allowed to go in. So they found themselves by way of a vision in Macedonia in a town called Philippi. There they found out why the Holy Spirit called them there to start a church. How was that church started? Well, it began... Through a group of women who met on Sundays down by the river to wash clothes and pray to God. Now, Paul and Silas didn't preach a big message or have an evangelistic campaign at first. They just went to the river and sat down with these women and talked with him and shared the gospel. And the church at Philippi was born, the recipient of Paul's majestic letter to the Philippians. The Word of God spread. Third episode. In that same town, Paul and Silas are, a few weeks later, months maybe, they're sharing the gospel and making disciples. They're being followed around, though, by a young, probably teenage, maybe even younger, girl who had a python spirit. Whoa, 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 you might be asking, a python spirit? My Bible doesn't say python spirit. It says something like spirit of divination. That's probably true. Almost no modern translation in Acts 16 says python spirit, but that's exactly what the Greek word is. She had a spirit of python named after the region where the Oracle of Delphi, a supposed future seer and fortune teller in the ancient world, was located. There was said to be a Pythian dragon or serpent who dwelt near Delphi who guarded the Oracle there, And this girl was apparently, according to the Bible, possessed by such a spirit. She wasn't a charlatan. She wasn't a faker. She was the real deal. And this girl followed Paul and Silas around for days. And Acts 16, 17 says she shouted out, These men who are proclaiming to you a way of salvation are the servants of the Most High God. Well, finally, after days, Paul cast the evil spirit out of her. Why wait for days? Well, the Bible doesn't tell us, but I think it shows us. As soon as the spirit was gone, the owners of the girl attacked Paul and Silas, dragged them to the authorities, and had them beaten to a pulp and put in jail. I sort of suspect that Paul knew this would be the outcome of casting the spirit out of the girl, but he did so anyway, probably out of mercy and also anger at the evil spirit for dominating that girl. And thus, Paul and Silas found themselves chained up in jail. "...having done no evil whatsoever. Their backs are bleeding and possibly infected, and they are no doubt physically miserable. Do they complain, threaten the lawsuit, give up? No. They pray and sing hymns to God, which is a tremendous testimony to all of the other prisoners." Given a miraculous chance to escape due to an earthquake, they stay right where they are. And their response, their faith, and their decision not to save their own skin is such a testimony to the jailer and his family that all of them are saved and baptized that very night. And the good news continued to spread. And that, my friends, is how the good news went all across the known world in the first century and how it can and should continue to spread today. There will be sacrifice. There will be conversations by rivers with people washing their clothes and similar kind of conversations. There will be persecution. There will be confrontations with evil. We do what Paul and Silas did. Pray, worship, persevere, proclaim the good news of Jesus and point people to him and keep going forward in faith. Well, let's read our chapter. Acts chapter 16 verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Paul went on to Derbe and Lystra, where there was a disciple named Timothy, the son of a believing Jewish woman, but his father was a Greek. The brothers and sisters at Lystra and Iconium spoke highly of him, and Paul wanted Timothy to go with him, so he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, since they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled through the towns, they delivered the decision reached by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem for the people to observe. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. They had been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they came to Messiah, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Passing by Messiah, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision in which a Macedonian man was standing and pleading with him, cross over to Macedonia and help us. After he had seen the vision, we immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight to Samothrace, the next day to Neapolis, and there, from there to Philippi, a Roman colony and a leading city of the district of Macedonia. We stayed in that city for several days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the city gate by the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and spoke to the women gathered there. A God-fearing woman named Lydia, a diller in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, was listening. The Lord opened her heart to respond to what Paul was saying. After she and her household were baptized, she urged us, If you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Once, as we were on our way to prayer, a slave girl met us who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She made a large profit for her owners by fortune-telling. As she followed Paul and us, she cried out, These men who are proclaiming to you a way of salvation are the servants of the Most High God. She did this for many days, and Paul was greatly annoyed. Turning to the spirit, he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out right away. When her owners realized that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities, bringing them before the chief magistrates. They said, These men are seriously disturbing our city. They are Jews and are promoting customs that are not legal for us as Romans to adopt or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against them, and the chief magistrates stripped off their clothes and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had severely flogged them, they threw them them in jail, ordering the jailer to guard them carefully. Receiving such an order, he put them into an inner prison and secured their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains came loose. When the jailer woke up and saw the doors of the prison standing open, he drew his sword and was going to kill himself since he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul called out in a loud voice, don't harm yourself because we're all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas and he escorted them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him, along with everyone in his house. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. Right away he and all his family were baptized. He brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and rejoiced, because he had come to believe in God with his entire household. When daylight came, the chief magistrate sent the police to say, Release those men. The jailer reported these words to Paul, "'The magistrates have sent orders for you to be released, "'so come out now and go in peace.' But Paul said to them, "'They beat us publicly without a trial, "'although we are Roman citizens and threw us in jail, "'and now they are going to send us away secretly, certainly not.' On the contrary, let them come themselves and escort us out. The police reported these words to the magistrates. They were afraid when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, so they came to appease them, and escorting them from prison, they urged them to leave town. After leaving the jail, they came to Lydia's house, where they saw and encouraged the brothers and sisters, and departed. Amen and amen. Well, let's close with our verse of the month for February, Acts 9.31. So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. Good day, friends, and Godspeed to you.